Welcome back to another edition of It's Raining Mets. Uh, meteorologist Ed Russo. Uh, I, I just was in the house. Yes, you were actually in the studio. It's meteorologist Tom Russell here too. Uh, so we actually got to work together for the first time in like a year, right? Yeah, and uh, we're gradually cycling back to normal. <laughs> gradually. Yeah, gradually. very gradually. Carefully, uh, so okay. we thought we'd uh, join you today for a nice podcast and catch up on uh, some weather things and where our thoughts are as we head into summertime and uh, I think some pretty big heat coming our way. Oh, yeah, it's looking... It's the kind of heat where, I mean, I always try to see how long I can go without um, turning on my <laughs> AC. I think I'm going to break this weekend. So you haven't done it yet because we've had a couple of days in the 90s. Yeah, no, I, I, I haven't done it yet. I keep the oh, okay. window. The windows really do a good job. But when you're dealing with the heat we're going to be dealing with, I think, you know, the AC is a godsend. Now, and are you one of those guys that keeps the the blinds drawn and you keep it like a tomb in there to keep no, it cool? No, 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 no. Oh. Natural light must have natural light. Okay. Yes. I, I was getting a little worried about you. No, uh, no, 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 no. I've been we've been cooped up in our homes, <laughs> you know, for so long. You know, I think uh, natural light's the best thing for everyone. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But I do think you're going to turn this uh, AC on because the kind of heat wave we're talking about would be something we would see midsummer in July. So uh, we're kicking it off this weekend, 88 and 90s, but not just 90s. It looks like we could easily reach low and mid 90s as we get into uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And usually we get a day or two and then a front comes through and knocks it back down. But this could be maybe four or five days in the 90s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, early it, season for that. Yeah, it's a kind of miserable. It, you know, the heat. I mean, at the end of the day, especially you know, you got to think about those people without AC, right? Or people working outside in these kind of elements. I mean, it's miserable. You can't. Yeah, it really is because not just the heat, but as we always complain about, it's the heat and the humidity. Mm -hmm. uh, so our feels like temperatures are easily going to be in the triple digits. I think for at least two or three of those days. Yeah, yeah, probably no doubt. See some sort of heat advisory issued for parts of the viewing area during that time too. Yeah, I would think so. Now we've already had two days in the nineties, May twenty what was it, twenty third and May twenty sixth. Yep. So we've been in the nineties uh, a couple of times. But again, it's when you string them together that makes them so unbearable. Yeah. And that you know, that's what we're gonna be seeing, you know, as we go through the uh you know, as we head into next week especially, I'd say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Look to mm -hmm. be the worst of it. Yeah, it really does. And and even as we break the heat wave, you know, you'll get a shower or some afternoon storms. It really doesn't cool us down. It just makes things all the more steamier. So I think it's going to take uh, until the weekend probably before we actually feel better. Yeah, so, you know, it's really good that we got the rain we did. Uh, we still need more, but uh, we, we, are, we were pretty dry. Um, so it is good that before this upcoming heat wave that we're about to go through that we at least did get some beneficial rain. Well, it's really important because, uh, you know, I always say I never want to go into the hot, dry summer months behind. And as you mentioned, uh, I'm looking at the stat right here. So since January 1, we're 2.41 behind. Uh, so almost two and a half inches behind. And, you know, the sun just eats up any soil moisture and uh, really starts to do a number on our on our groundwater. So hopefully that uh, will build up a little bit. But when you get a hot, dry stretch like this, you can quickly get into that D word. And we hate talking about drought, right? Oh, yeah. Not not good for anything, especially, you know, when you're talking about the, the crop season and you want a good yield later in the summer, this can mm -hmm. cause problems for that. 
Yep. So we're we're hoping to catch up a little bit, but uh, the the week that you're listening to this podcast, I don't see anything happening until late week and uh, into the weekend. Now I do think moving forward, this beginning to the second half of June, that it will be a little more active pattern. But I kind of thought that going into June, so I'm a little surprised at how dry we've been mm-hmm. because the atmosphere has you know been moisture laden. We started to feel that heat and that stickiness. Um, you know, usually you have some moisture to work with. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping that the second half of the month will we'll catch up a little bit rainfall-wise. Yeah, and with that rain, that with that, you know, the, the recent rain with those thunderstorms we had, you know, it was raining when it was 70 degrees. I mean, a lot of times when it starts raining, we cool down into the 60s. But this is a very tropical air mass, so you get that real warm rain right. when temperatures are in the 70s. That's what we've yep. been dealing with. So, well, you know, as far as our thoughts on the on the summertime, we said it was going to be uh, a hot one, not as hot as last year. Remember, we had over thirty days of ninety degrees or higher. So, we do think it's going to be above average, but we're also saying we're going to be at or above average uh, uh, precipitation wise. So, mm-hmm. we hope that that uh, that plays out. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I think you know, so far, hopefully, we're on we're on track to that at least. All right, let's talk uh, hurricane season. Our friends out of Colorado State came out with an updated list uh, just Thursday. Uh, they uh, talked about 18 named storms. So they're talking about an above average hurricane season. We've already had our named storms. I won't get into how I disagree with that, but Anna is already off the list. So the next one, I believe, is Bill. Is that right? Bill, yep. Um, and, uh, you know, hurricane season officially started June 1st, so recently. Right. So um, we're into it. Yep, and we're we're on track eventually at some point to see letter B. That would be the next one. Um, so this time of year, where we look for development is the Gulf of Mexico, uh, Florida Peninsula, usually you know closer to the continental U.S. because the waters are are warmer there, and we don't get in until you know the Atlantic season. It's a little bit later, but um, you know everything seems to be warm enough to uh, support some some activity here but uh, nothing on the immediate list that i see no no not quite yet but uh, you know it only it only takes one tropical wave that gets organized very quickly to see a, a potential storm but not looking at anything imminent at least right now and a lot of studies coming up uh, about last season where, you know, it was so focused on uh, how many times did we talk about Lake Charles, Louisiana? I mean, they had two major storms there. Uh, that Gulf Coast area seemed to be the, the focal point. And what are you thinking about this year? Anything uh, jump out at you as far as landfalls or where they could strike? Yeah, I mean, certainly with, uh, you know, just probability-wise, when you're talking about a, a an above-average season, that increases the chances that one of them will will hit land, you know, whether it be the United States or the or the Caribbean, uh, right. but the Gulf Coast. I mean, it's it's almost like an enclosed body of water. So if you get a hurricane that develops in the Gulf, it's going to hit land somewhere. Um, so well, my feeling is Florida got off scot easy last year they because did. everybody had action but Florida, and that's really unusual. It's this, it's this big appendage that sticks out into all those warm waters. So yep. I was I was really surprised when you look back climatologically that nothing really affected Florida. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's kind of the same thing as the Outer Banks in North Carolina. You know, they're vulnerable too because they right. the Outer Banks stick far out into the Atlantic. Sure, they jet out there too. Yeah. Uh, so my feeling is Florida's kind of back in the bullseye this year. That's just my gut feeling. Yeah, no, I'm thinking the same thing. Okay. 
Um, so we talked about summer. We talked about hurricane season. Oh, you know what? We got to talk about your favorite topic, cicadas. <laughs> we're, we're in the swarm of this. I can I see. Remember. I can see some. I hear some hesitation there. <laughs> what? In your no, no. Uh, you know, back in I think February, March, you started talking about oh, you know, late May, early June is going to be the uh, the time to watch, and we're in that. We're in the throes yeah. of the cicadas. But Ed, I got to tell you. Some of my friends, some of my neighbors have said, I don't see these things. Why is Ed making such a big deal about this? Yeah. Can you talk to, explain why it's been well, so s- spotty? Is I, that the word? I can, yeah, yeah, no, it is. I, I can tell you that if you experience it, you'll, you'll, you'll take back any accusations of hyperbole on my part because, <laughs> you know, our photographer, our chief photographer was, was, has always been very interested in this because I was talking it up and, you know, he was very, Bill uh, Siders is his name. Very uh-huh. impressed when he uh, when I took him to a real hot spot yesterday. But you know the way the land is developed in Pennsylvania could have played a role in why it's much more Usual, patchy here. Sure. It's, if, you've, if you disturb the earth, then you know. Correct. Um, but uh, you know Baltimore and Washington. I mean, it is so incredibly widespread down there. I mean, it, it is much more of an event in Baltimore, D.C. area in terms of the people being impacted. But a lot of these, you know, cicadas are very patchy. So much of York City, Lancaster City, and the and the nearby towns, which are 10, 15 minutes away, nothing. Harrisburg, right. nothing. But if you go up to Fort Hunter and cut, you know, east three miles or two miles to Boyd Big Tree Preservation, they're everywhere. Right. The, the Fort Hunter Conservancy, everywhere. But Fort Hunter itself right along the river, nothing. There doesn't seem to be any real populations along the river. So it's a lot of your parks, especially along the Yellow Breaches Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, Ski Roundtop. Lewisberry is a big is a big spot in York County. You know, okay. and if you've heard of the Cicada Safari app, it's an app, you know, that you can download on your phone to report where you're seeing Brood X. And the reason why they're doing this this app is because they want to figure out where Brood X is and why it's so patchy. So when people say, "Oh, I haven't seen anything," I, you know, every report I've said, Tom, you can attest to this. I said it's not going to be everywhere. It's going to be in certain spots. And this app, right. where people can report in on what they're seeing, really helps entomologists figure out where it's going to be. And eventually, by the time this happens in 2038, we'll ha- we'll be able to get you a much more detailed map on where it's at where exactly it's going to happen. Because in 2004, the internet was still in its infancy. We didn't have that. You know, we, yeah, then. we forget about that. We weren't yeah, sharing so information. The, like the reporting with periodical cicadas and exactly where they occur is very sparse. But this particular emergence, because of the digital technology we have nowadays and the, and the apps where you can report what you're seeing, we're going to have a right. much better idea on what to expect in 2038. All right, I have a question for you. So this is called Brood X, Brood, uh, Brood mm-hmm. 10. Is uh, the one in 17 years called Brood 11? No, so this is the same brood. So there's 12 different, I believe, 12 different broods of periodical cicada. Every year, there's going to be a large emergence of periodical cicada somewhere within the United States, usually, among the 12 broods. Um, you have 13-year cicadas, which are in the south, and you got your 17-year cicadas, which are more in the north. Um but uh, oh, I'm sorry, Tom. I, I lost my train of thought. What was your question again? <laughs> sorry. Does it go from brood ten to brood eleven? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So each each brood has their name. So brood ten, 
uh, occurs every 17 years. Last time, right, so brood they're, 10. They're always brood 10. Yep, always brood 10. Brood okay. 10 is the largest group of periodical cicadas. They're the largest emergence of insect in the world. It happens here. This is exciting. In central Pennsylvania. So how could you not be excited about that? I mean, this is something unique. You know, and I know you might be sitting in your chair thinking, well, if, if it's so awesome, then why aren't I seeing it? Again, you know, on our website, wrote an article a couple weeks ago, I tell you a whole bunch of places where they are popping. You know, I'm just right. talking about some right. really cool stuff. And they're not that far away. I mean, you just have to know where to look, like Lower Allen Community Park, where I was the other day. I mean, the noise. Sure. Yeah, the, that's the thing, the decibels, the, the, the noise is just incredible with these things. Right. And what, uh, the other thing that's incredible you touched on was their butts fall off. Yeah. What is that all about? Yeah, so this, uh, you know, you know, when you heard Tom say that, you're probably thinking, what did Tom just say? It's true. Uh, yeah, but it's true. I mean, this is a very bizarre... A lot of stuff involving cicadas is very bizarre. It's fascinating stuff. But there, you know, unfortunately, there's a, a, a fungus going around that's spread sexually among the cicadas. Um, so, yeah, it's an STD. It's a it's a fungus called Massospora, and they get infected at a very they can get infected as soon as they come out of the ground because the spores are on the leaves or or whatever, and okay. and the and the uh, the fungus will spread throughout their abdomen, which will essentially cause their abdomen to fall off. They're still alive. <laughs> They're still alive. They have a, they they can retain all the all the nerve functioning in their legs. In their wings, I've seen, I've seen some of these cicadas walking around with just heads and wings. Really? Um, yeah, and and it actually, even though they're now sterile and they can't really have a productive sexual experience, it actually infects their brain in such a way where they're actually be, their libido increases. No kidding. So it's almost like, and the reason for it is because it's almost like it's a way for the fungus to survive by increasing the libido of the of the of the insects it infects because if they increase the libido it's more likely to spread so wow. yeah now ed i gotta ask you were you this into cicadas before this year no this I, just... I was really into it in 2004 because again were, i i i, I got into man. i got into the whole thing because um you know, in 1987, I was crawling around in Baltimore on my grandmother's property, eating them or putting them in my mouth. My dad had to like grab me because I kept putting them in my mouth. Um, <laughs> and there's video of that. I have video of that. Uh, and then, you know, throughout the 90s, they're always telling me they have this video of me walking around eating cicadas. And I'm like, what are you talking right. about? So then they eventually showed me the video and they said, you know, this is happening again in 2004. I'm like, what do you mean? There's cicadas every year. And they're like, yeah, it's yep. going to happen again in 2004. They appear every 17 years in massive numbers. So I did right. some research on it. I did a high school project on it. Wow. Um, and again, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to go to see these things. And I noticed in 2004, I'm, I'm in Dallas town. I'm like, these things are nowhere. Where are they? But I started hearing news reports. You know, back then, you had to flip on the, the news. The, the on internet your wireless, was, yes. The internet was still in its infancy. <laughs> but I was getting reports that there were uh, there was a lot in Baltimore so I drove down there and I ran into them and I'm like is this even happening in PA and then I saw another report that said oh there's some in Gifford Pinchot State Park so I drove up to Pinchot so, State Park and they were everywhere so uh, all the way from basically Stewartstown to Strinestown nothing um, right. so I, I I knew you know from my research in 2004 I knew generally what to expect 
but to just witness it again with more knowledge now that I'm more versed on the subject was, well, is fascinating. You have certainly schooled uh, everyone here at the TV station. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't get old. And, you know, I, I think there's probably some people that just don't really get the experience unless right. you actually try and witness it. You actually have to force yourself to go yes. and see it, and you won't regret it. I mean, I can't tell people this enough. It's, a again, a unique event that happens here in, in, in one, central Pennsylvania. It's, it's, yep. So why not? Why would you not want to experience something so cool i mean it's in yeah, my blood i'm a scientist i i love to see stuff like this so you are a geek i mean yeah. you are a scientist yes I, I will yes, pretend right. he did not say that no I, <laughs> no geeks geeks in geeks in these the geek and nerd are right. have been in for you're years right. you're right <laughs> well uh thank you for all your hard work with uh, cicadas and uh and they'll be coming to a close here over the next two or three weeks or when i think probably by the end of june we're gonna they're really gonna the noise is gonna drop I think we see the noise peak next week, and then the, I think it goes away by the end of June and by Fourth of July. It's like nothing uh, ever happened. Never. Well, you're the memories, my friend. You well, have... the, there will be a lingering smell around the trees that solemn <laughs> most. There's going to be like a even one at Lower Allen Community Park, the one tree that was so active. It, it had kind of a putrid smell to it. It wasn't, Ugh, it wasn't pleasant. That but wonderful. but yeah, wonderful. All right. Well, thank you, Ed, for that uh, cicada report. We appreciate it. Yep. And as we leave you here, don't forget, we're into the heart of our severe weather season. So uh, make sure you and your family have a plan. Uh, we've been kind of fortunate so far. We've had a couple of days with some, some wind damage, but uh, we haven't had a whole lot in the way of severe weather. And anytime we really start heating things up, that's going to bring back that threat. Uh, you know, anytime you, you break that heat or bring a cold front into all that, uh, you know, instability or in, unstable atmosphere, you can have some severe weather. So we anticipate uh, severe weather to, to ramp up a little bit here as we push through June. So make sure you have a plan. Make sure you're watching with us. We have a great app you can check out at CBS 21. Uh, just go to your app store and uh, search CBS 21 WX and you'll find it right there. It's free. So thank you so much for checking in. Ed, let's wrap things up. All right. Thank you very much, Tom. You're listening to It's Raining Mets.